0: Turn tonight to Romans chapter 12 and we'll read the first couple of verses. First of all, greetings from the saints in Dallas to the saints here in Portland. Uh, it's a privilege to be here with you folks. Thank you for inviting me. I'm sure many of you didn't have anything to do with it, but still, thank you. <clears throat> uh, Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Uh, the gospel is exciting. It is. The older I get, the longer I live, the, the things that I experience in life, the, the gospel's exciting. The, I just can't get past just how excited I was just to sit in a church service and to listen and to, to be a part of that and, and to just feel the presence of the Lord. The gospel's exciting. Here in the second verse of what I read, it says, be, be not conformed to this world. Um, I work in quality. That's what I do for a profession. Uh, I work in quality. And uh, one of the things you must do in quality is you determine whether or not a part is conforming or not conforming. And not conforming parts are, well, they're bad. I mean, you know, if you got a toaster at home or something like that and the levers didn't work, it doesn't conform to the specs, right? You wouldn't like that. Uh, but uh, I remember growing up in the, the 80s, and uh, it was interesting because there was, a, there was a lot of things talked about anarchy. Uh, I remember there was a controversial book out called The Anarchist Cookbook. Uh, I remember learning in, in high school uh, about uh, nonconformists uh, back uh, during the 60s. I'm sure there have been nonconformists even well before the 60s uh but the the idea is is this uh, this idea of nonconformance. uh we're we're going to do it our own way uh, you know i that's not new uh, that that goes way back uh, it didn't start in the 60s it it didn't start at the turn of the last century it it's been around for a long time uh today there's a lot of nonconformity there's a lot of uh people spouting you know we 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 need to Raise our voices and raise our fists in anger. Uh, there's just uh, turmoil and there's struggle. We're, we're not gonna conform to, uh, to what the society says. We're gonna, we're, we're gonna do it our way. We need, it. it's time for a change. Does that all sound familiar? Uh, well, that goes way back. Uh, there have been people shouting that since the beginning. Uh, even after Adam and Eve were, were kicked out of the garden. It says that there, there was violence. I mean the lord was was sorry that he'd made man he he, he saw what was going on on the earth and uh, you know that goes way back we we need to raise our fists in anger and uh, raise our voices in anger well a certain amount of conformity is good it's funny i talk about the 60s i wasn't there but i talk about the 60s <clears throat> And uh, it's a funny thing because I talked to people who were around in that time and, you, you know, they might have stories about how they were part of, you know, this, that or the other movement and how they went on protests and different things. But, you know, sooner or later, they went and got a real job. Uh, yeah, I mean, it just happened, right? Sooner or later, they went and figured out they, they had to earn a living. They had, to, they had to make their way in the world. And there's a certain amount of conformance that has to happen as a part of that. You know, you can't just live your life in complete defiance to everything that you find. You, well, you have a short life, I suppose. You know, so a certain amount of conformity is good. That's where my job comes in. We want to have conforming parts that go out to our customers. Uh, we want to make our customers happy. I, I have yet to find a company that doesn't want to make their customers happy. I mean, that's just the way of it. We want to give you what you want so that you, you buy more. I, it's just pretty simple logic. So there's a certain amount of conformance that's, that's good. You, you want a conforming society. Even Jesus said that you render unto Caesar what is Caesar's. So there's a certain amount of that. So then what is, what is Paul talking about? Be not conformed to this world. He's not talking about anarchy. He's not talking about uh, going out and being a non-conformist in the sense that we've all heard about it through history classes and such. This is something different. He's talking about what the world represents, what the world is. So, be not conformed, he says, to this world. Even those people that uh, pretend to be, well, I shouldn't say pretend. I think that a lot of things uh, people really truly believe in, and I, you know, I respect people's desire to want things better. But, but even those that say that they're, they're nonconformists, they're conforming with all the other nonconformists. Uh, you know, it, it just, I mean, you just pick a group that, that wants to raise their voices and fists in anger and anger, and really they're doing the same thing that all the other groups are doing. What they are conforming to, and what we all conform to until we've had a, an experience with the Lord, is what this world offers. The world uh is, well let's read about it in first John. First John chapter two, verse sixteen. It says here, for all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, and the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but it is of the world. This is what the Lord is telling us not to conform to. This, this idea now, we, we've all experienced this. This is, this is nothing new to any of us. It shouldn't be anything new. For all were born in sin. All of us have been born in sin, and, and, and we needed to have an experience with the Lord to, to change that. So we've all experienced the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. That, that, that is the thing that is universal to the human experience. That's what we need a Savior for. But here Paul is telling us don't be conformed to what the world tells you. Don't be conformed to the ideas of the world because the ideas of the world come from this place. The ideals and the the things that go on uh, all come from this idea, uh, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. It's interesting when I watch people uh, debate uh, nowadays there, it, it feels like there's no decorum, it feels like there's no respect, there's no um actual talking, it's just a a lot of rhetoric and they 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 yell at each other about this, that, and the other, and what they're condemning the other person for they're doing in the sentence that they speak to them uh, That's the world it It doesn't have to make any sense well it doesn't make any sense. Uh, but the lord uh, wants to bring sense of this he tells us not to conform uh, to those uh, things around us you know this applies even more than just uh, what i've been talking about here it's interesting and i'm no school uh, or i'm no scholar i'm no student of plato uh, but there there's some famous writings by plato where he talks about the the shadow where he talks about the You know, the, the things that are, are just an image, uh, and those of the true, those of the divine. Uh, Well, scripture talks about that too. Scripture talks about us just having a shadow of things. Now we see through a glass darkly, it says. But then face to face. You see, this old life here, this, this thing that we experience right here, this is all temporary. This is just a shadow. If you completely mess this life up, but you get saved, you make it. If you make every mistake in the book, but you have a heart that is perfect toward God, uh, you make it. Uh, Jehoshaphat is one of my favorite people in the Bible. You want to know why? Because he was dumb like me. Jehoshaphat, you, you read about Jehoshaphat, and Jehoshaphat just made terrible decisions. He really did. He married off his kids to Ahab's kids. I mean, it was just like, why why would you do this? But you look at Jehoshaphat, and when they were going to to do battle as the kings, Jehoshaphat was the one who said, isn't there a prophet of the Lord somewhere? Can't we go find what the Lord says? Can't we go hear from the Lord? Can't we go see what he has to say? You see, he had something right. Right? This old life, you can make all the mistakes. You can find yourself, oh, I wish I'd have done things. You know, I look back at my own life and think I wish I'd have done things different. And then the Lord reminds me, but if I had done things different, would I have found Him? You see, we can't look back and change any of that. It's done. Uh, Well, this old world tries to tell us that that we need to think a certain way. We need to be a certain way. Uh, The Lord tells us, don't be conformed to that don't don't try to fit into that mold don't try to uh, to to make yourself a part of the world uh, you're just going to find yourself I, I i there's an old chinese proverb that says uh, you don't put your feet in two boats okay you get the picture right if you if you put your feet in two boats you're going to end up in the water aren't you you won't be in either boat it's the same thing for a christian you 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 can't go around and and try to keep your foot in the world it won't it won't happen. You won't end up anywhere where you want to be. Don't try to conform. Now, the scripture is not advocating that we are anarchists. The scripture is not advocating that we be rebels. In fact, uh, really quite the opposite. Uh, we read in Micah 6.8, uh, one of the things that the Lord requires of us is to do justly. You know, that, that's important. We have to live in this life. We have to, to be a responsible people. We have to, to do the things that are required. So he's not telling us to be anarchists. He's not telling us to go out and, and raise our fists and our voices. Jesus said in John chapter 18. John 18 verse 36. Here he was before Pilate. Uh, John eighteen thirty six. Jesus answered, my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, then would my servants fight that I should not be delivered to the Jews. But now is my kingdom not from hence. But yeah, but now is my kingdom not from hence. You see, Jesus' kingdom isn't from this world. It isn't about the things that go on here. It isn't about uh, this life. In fact, quite the opposite. It's about the next life. It's, it's about whether or not we make it there. So don't be conformed to this world. I like the next part of this scripture. Don't get me wrong, I like all the scripture. But this next part here says, but be ye transformed. That's exciting. No, really, that's exciting. You need to let your face show that, Okay. That's exciting. It's exciting to be transformed. I remember, okay, so let's go back to the 80s again. I remember when I was a kid, and I, I liked uh, different uh, things, right? D- different toys. Uh, you probably had never played with toys. You were probably just very stoic children. But, um, but I remember when I, I had uh, toys, and, and one of my, my favorite toys uh, was, was Legos. Actually, my wife will tell you this. My favorite toy probably still is Legos, <laughs> But 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 Legos can be anything you want them to be. I, you, I mean, first I'm a, I'm definitely a conformist in this way. First, you build it according to the plan, right? You might be a Lego builder that doesn't doesn't build according to the plan, and you just build whatever you want. That's fine for you. But I have to build the plan first. So after I built the plan, though, then I've got these Legos, and I can do all sorts of different things with them, and I can build all sorts of different shapes, and I can do all of that kind of stuff. I can transform them into something else. I can transform them into another thing and do a, another thing with them. Uh, back in the '80s, uh, maybe some of you remember the Transformers. Uh, you know, it's a robot. It's a it's a truck. It's a robot. It's a car. You know, I mean, whatever. I, I thought that was the neatest thing when I was a kid because who doesn't want that idea to be able to transform? I mean, as a kid, are you kidding? If I could have somehow changed into a car, that would have been like the best thing ever. I, the, the idea of transformation is, is, is exciting. That, that you would be transformed from one thing into another. You know, we, we hearken and we look into the, 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 butter, the caterpillar and the butterfly, right? We, we understand the metamorphosis that takes place in all of that. The, the, the caterpillar uh, uh, spins a cocoon, and then after a period of time, it breaks loose from that cocoon, and, and it's entirely different. It's entirely different. It becomes something new. It actually even has completely different patterns of the way that it lives. It's something different. It is something new. And that's what Jesus wants to do for us. That's what Jesus does for us. And it's, it's such a wonderful and remarkable thing that God would transform us into a new creature. Now, I look forward to the day when I can fly. I I hope you do too. Uh, But I do. The the, the scriptures that excite me when I read that we're going to lose gravitation, that we're going to be with Jesus in the air, okay, let's do it now. I'm excited. I want to go. I want to be with the Lord for sure. But that sensation of lifting off the ground, that's going to be exciting. Now, I don't want to diminish. Believe me, that will be exciting for a few minutes, and then I will be in the presence of Jesus. And then everything else won't matter. Uh, I'm excited for that. I'm excited for eternity. Because the transformation that God does in a life here on this earth makes you ready to meet Him in the air. Makes you ready uh, to be in the place where He is. As Jesus was on the cross, you think about the, the thief and how He spoke to Him. And the humility that He approached Jesus with. You by now know which thief I'm talking about. But he said, remember me. He said, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And the Lord said to him, today you will be with me in paradise. What joy. This man is in the most pain he's ever been in his life. But I don't think you could have dimmed the joy he received in that moment. In that moment, he was hanging on a cross, uh, but the, the peace of God had entered his heart. He was transformed into a new creature. Amen. All this conformance nonsense kind of falls away, doesn't it, when we think about what Jesus has awaiting us. But that single transformation, uh, becoming Christian is not the only one. Uh, we move on beyond uh, being saved. We ask God to forgive us of our sins, and we, uh, He uh, forgives us of our sins. His His Spirit comes and witnesses with our Spirit, and we are transformed into a new creature. But we press forward in the gospel. See that that's that's not it. The Lord has more. It's like finding that little secret compartment you didn't know was there on a new toy. Oh, I don't want to diminish sanctification. That's not what I'm saying. The elation and the excitement of a child when it discovers something. That's the same thing we can have now. Talking about the gospel of Jesus Christ. Uh, Sanctification is the the, uh, power that God gives to us to live a life holy before Him. That nature, that conformance nature that nature that wants to reconform us to the world, that nature that wants to drag us into worldly views, that nature can be eradicated. Because Jesus paid the price outside the gate so that we could be sanctified. He transforms once again. He brings that transformative power to touch your life, to bring sanctification. And even beyond that, uh, Jesus uh, sends the Holy Spirit Uh, to again, once again, transform us to have the Holy Spirit dwelling right inside of us. That's the transformative power of Jesus Christ, the blood of Christ and what it does for us. And that's exciting to think that God would do that for us. I remember as a young person, I'll just be very candid with you, I remember as a young person when I was uh, seeking the Lord, I I remember being scared that I had lost out. Maybe you've been in that same place. I remember there were times when uh, you know, I just didn't feel saved. And, and there were times when I, I felt like maybe I'd, I'd lost out. And that used to scare me. And I'll I tell you what was very interesting, and I'll tell you the way my mind works here. What, what was really scary is that somehow I would have to go back and get all those experiences again. Because it, it just took me so long to get them. But But it occurred to me, it wasn't until recently it occurred to me that, that that was a silly thing to be afraid of because the beauty of it is is that the lord can do all of that work in one prayer meeting the lord can do all of that in just one prayer meeting you see what the lord is looking for is those who have said i'm not going to conform to the world i want to be transformed lord i want what you have for me i want to be transformed uh, it's interesting as you, you look back through and you, you look at the kings that, that have came. It's interesting uh, when Solomon prayed about the temple. He told the people to walk before the Lord with a perfect heart. And that phrase, perfect heart, actually permeated several scriptures beyond that. But he said, walk before the Lord with a perfect heart. You know, the companion to that is in 2 Chronicles, and it says that the eyes of the Lord look to and fro across the whole earth, seeking the one whose heart is perfect toward him, that he may show his arms strong on their behalf. That means that the Lord is just looking for the perfect heart. And you might be sitting back as a young person and think, well, how do I get a perfect heart? Well, the word perfect in this case means complete. The scripture also tells us we will search for Him and find Him when we search for Him with all our heart. That's the same phrase. That's the same phrase. A perfect heart is all your heart. Every part of it. Let the, uh, the world uh, think about its own conformance. Uh, just come and be transformed. Uh, come and, and reach out and receive what God has for you. Be transformed. Uh, the Lord wants to do that in a life. You know, it goes even beyond that. The, the scripture goes on here and says, uh, by the renewing of your mind, and I like that. Because there's a lot of times when I get focused on the here and now. Do you ever feel that way too? You get focused on the things that are going on, the, the loud voices, the, the, the issues of the day. I find myself getting dragged down, my eyesight being dragged down to the things here of earth. But the Lord tells us that He will renew our minds that we can have another transformation, as it were. We can bring these things to the Lord and say, Lord, I, I need you to transform my thinking right now. I can't see a way out of this situation. What is going to go on with all the things that are going on? When is COVID going to end? I've thought that several times. Have you? But then the Lord uh, will renew our mind. And the Scripture tells us that we should look up. Don't look around, don't look at the things of here on earth, but look up, he says, for your redemption draweth nigh. Look up to the author and the finisher of our faith, uh, the one who holds eternity in his hand. This is the God we serve. This is the God of heaven. Uh, This is the God that has overcome it all. One of the things that people will try to tell you is that somehow God has to conform to natural processes. Well, if, if God created everything, why do we have this? If God created everything, why is everything, you know, billions of years old? I, my favorite question to ask them back is, were you there? The, the reality of, of what's going on here is that the world wants you to conform and to put God in a box. But the reality here is that God doesn't conform to the world. The world conforms to God. He created it. He has power over it. Uh, When the doctor says there is no hope, the scripture says there is. Uh, When uh, the world around says uh, we need a, a complete and drastic change, the Lord says, I am that change. He is the answer for everything. And when you're faced with a problem, when you're scared about a situation that's going on around you on this earth, don't conform to your fear, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, uh, by the reading of the Word of God, uh, by the power of the Spirit uh, wanting to help you through that situation. That's what God wants to do for you. And that's why I'm excited about the gospel. That's why the gospel is exciting because the Lord will not leave you in a place. If you want out of it, the Lord will not leave you in a place where you are confused or where you are weak or where you are in need. The Lord will not leave you there because the Lord has the answer for that. But I said it uh, under my breath kind of, but, but you have to want to be free of it. And that means you have to give it all up. Search for him with your whole heart, young people. Don't worry about the politics of the day. Uh, Don't worry that you don't have answers uh, for the issues of today. I can tell you that the best answer you'll ever have, the only answer you'll ever need, and that is Christ. The only answer you'll ever need is Jesus. You you, uh, get in debates or or people try to tell you one thing or another, Uh, you tell them, you know, if everybody on the world was saved, we wouldn't have these problems. That's the truth. That's the truth, and we have history to show it. But thanks be to God, he offers us that transformative power. Well, the Lord wants to transform you. And he has come for that express purpose to this meeting, that his name would be glorified, and that he would offer you right now and me transformative power. Maybe you sit there and and perhaps you backslidden and you don't know uh, what to do. Maybe you've been in that state for a long time. The Lord is reaching out and he's offering you his transformative power tonight. He's offering you to be free uh, of the guilt and shame of sin. And he's offering you new life, to be a new creature. Maybe this is the first time you've ever heard this message and you can hear the Lord talking to your heart. Maybe you just feel that draw. I felt it when I was your age. I remember when I first came into a meeting. I felt the Lord just speak to me in a way I had never understood before. And He just drew me. And it was a few months until I got clued in that I needed to be saved. But, uh, but, but the Lord didn't leave me there. He brought me along and the, the Lord will do that for you. But don't wait three months. The Lord's calling you today. The Lord's calling you right now to be saved to be transformed. If you need to be sanctified, why wait? Uh, Don't wait until tomorrow. Don't wait until next week. Don't wait until a special meeting. I tell you what, every meeting that you have with the Lord where you approach the throne of grace is a special meeting. Jesus will touch you. Jesus will sanctify you. But you've got to come with your whole heart. You've got to give it all. You've got to come with a consecrated heart. Lord, I give you everything. God will sanctify you. You don't have to trust me on this. This isn't, well, you know, Tony said it, so it must be true or must not be true. No, God said it. And therefore, it is true. Be transformed. If you need, I don't like saying it that way. The power of the Holy Spirit wants to rest in your life as well. Come out and receive the Holy Spirit. The Lord will transform you today. Whatever you have need of, whatever confusion, whatever difficulty you have, the Lord wants to transform you today. The altars are open. Come out and seek the Lord.